I like mysteries. Do any of you? Movies, shows, books, Hallmark murders and mysteries, forensic files, unsolved mysteries, and even movies like Knives Out. People love to solve mysteries. Well, I believe that whether you're into this Jesus stuff or not. I bet many of you like figuring out that latest John Grissom novel, or maybe you've even done one of the escape rooms here in town in the past. Some of you may have even dusted off that clue game and played it over the last few weeks in quarantine. Mystery is magnetic. I mean, how many of you men watching this right now are in a relationship with a woman and you totally understand her ways? Yeah, that's what I thought. One guy told me my wife is a mystery wrapped in a riddle. Here's a little insight, guys. You'll never crack that code. But as you age, you learn to appreciate and even marvel at the mystery. Where I'm teaching this morning might be a mystery to you too. I'm here at a different setting, a different church here in Erlanger, Kentucky. I'll tell you why, so just hang on. By definition, a mystery is something unexplained, unknown, or kept secret. In our city, our culture, our world has lots of mysteries these days. When and where did COVID-19 start? When will it end? When will the economy open up again? When will schools open up again? Sports, why can't Cincinnati sports teams win? It's a mystery. The NFL, I heard, is debating on a season without fans in the stadiums. I understand they've reached out to the Bengals for advice on that phenomenon. Maybe Joe Burrow will help us. When will we be able to meet again as a church family, in person? What will that look like? I have no idea yet. It's a mystery. But I tell you this, I miss seeing you guys in person. I miss my flock. And here's a little secret that I want to tell you about right now. Whether you're a skeptic, a sinner, or a saint, or all three watching, if you want to understand God and get through this life and into this next life, you need to accept and deal with a little mystery. We're in a brand new series called Upside Down. How timely is that? And if you're new today or you missed last week, you can go back and see episode one on our church website. For Upside Down, we're using as our guide an ancient God-inspired letter written around 54 AD to a church in Corinth that had some amazing similarities to Cincinnati. Paul, the author, wrote about these mysterious ways of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Let me read it to you. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, he writes, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery, there's our word, that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, listen to this, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind can conceive, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I want to talk to you about those deep things because God's ways are indeed hard to figure out. I've been walking with God for quite a while, and the more I learn, the more I learn that I don't know anything. But here's what I have learned. With God, you don't have to solve the mystery. You just need to live the mystery. 
There was a guy in the Old Testament named Job who lived the mystery. He had a lot, he lost a lot, then he got it back. This guy lost his wealth and even his health, even like some of you. Job said this in chapter 11, verse 7, Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above what you can do. They are deeper than the depths below. How can you know? Job and his wife and his friends tried to fathom the mystery of the why of suffering. Why does sickness and death and loss and heartache and heartbreak occur? Why were they necessary? What do they mean? Some of you are trying to figure out that right now. Am I right? In the middle of your quarantine, you're questioning. Sometimes when people are going through a rough time, a well-meaning friend, usually a Christian, will tell them to read the book of Job for answers. But the remarkable fact of the book of Job is that God doesn't answer a single one of Job's burning questions. Did you know that? God doesn't solve the mystery or make sense of it. Rather, he pulls the curtain of the world back wider, making Job feel smaller and smaller amidst the towering power and mystery that surrounded him. And weirdly, oddly enough, Job finds satisfaction in that answer. His willingness to accept the mystery of his circumstances actually helped him cope with a new reality. It will for you too. It's learning to embrace the bigness, the deepness, the wonder of the Almighty. Job says this, then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. Oh, he, he speaks to you too, if you listen. He says to him, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Where were you when I shut up the seas behind doors and said, this far only you may come? Hey, just an FYI, when you start to have a throwdown discussion with God, prepare thyself. He knows more than you. We live in a time when people have the ability to almost wield God-like powers. We can split an atom. We can map the human genome. Our best and brightest are working right now around the clock to study and eliminate this horrific virus. Our advances in science are stunning, and we are capable of things today that would have seemed miraculous to our ancestors. But one of the downsides of this kind of wisdom of our age that Paul talked about, of that power, is that we can get proud and haughty, thinking we've got the mysteries of the human body, the whole universe figured out. We don't and you don't. You need to embrace the mystery of God. Humbly come to him again anew. You will learn more from a limp than a strut in your life. Even if you've been following God for decades, you won't be able to solve all of life's mysteries. Trust me, some of you are having trouble just explaining math and science to your kids at home right now. Am I right? Someone asked Usher last week, hey, how's that homeschool thing going with you teaching? He said, well, at my school, two kids got expelled and their teacher got fired for showing up drunk. <laughs> if we can't get our kids to understand the subject, we won't understand everything God is teaching us right here in this cosmic school of his. God cannot be contained. He cannot be manipulated. He cannot be boxed in. He won't be categorized. He can't be comprehended. That was true BC before coronavirus. It's true AC after coronavirus. Just figure on not figuring out God all the time. I heard a guy say that he, you will recognize him in heaven because he'll be the guy with a flat head. 
And I said, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be going around saying, oh, that's what you did. Oh, that's what you meant. That's the flat-headed approach. Some of us will have similar flat heads. Friend, God is up to something. We're on mission even while we're not on campus. Just after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, those first Christians were scattered. They were unable to gather in large groups because of fear of persecution. Right now, we too are scattered, unable to gather in large groups because of pandemic fear. Just like back then, people right now have fears that their lives are falling, they're failing, but in reality, because of the power of the resurrected Christ, that sifting has forged faith. The cowardly, friend, are becoming courageous. The fearful are becoming fearless. The endangered are becoming empowered. The powerless are becoming powerful. The upset are becoming unstoppable. And the hopeless are now hopeful. This is the right side up gospel that John taught about last week. 1 Corinthians 13, 2 has a fascinating verse. It says, if I have the gift of prophecy, like I can predict the future in other words, and I can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, but have not love, I am nothing. Now is not the time to try to decode the mysteries of life and all the wise. It is the time to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. There's no mystery to the simplicity and the power of what Jesus wants us to do. I mean, what would it look like for you to love someone this week who is unlovable? How about that family or that former friend that you're a little estranged with? Maybe text them. Maybe do a Zoom call with them right now. It feels counterintuitive to love those who treated you so bad. That this is what right side up and the mystery of love looks like. And you may be shocked that God will use this to right size your relationship again. Someone said unforgiveness is the COVID-19 of the soul. That's so true. Now, maybe I'm wrong with all of you watching this today. Maybe you've got all this stuff in the world figured out. Congratulations. Maybe you could email me and let me know so I could tell everybody. I've learned that everything's not as black and white as David Vaughn would like it to be and that God created a ton of gray. Embrace the gray. Embrace the ambiguity, the unresolved. Don't try to solve the mystery. Go live the mystery. We've been doing our messages from all kinds of various locations in the last month just to keep it fresh and real. And God has done some amazing and worked in mysterious ways through these locations. Today I'm speaking to you from the Erlanger Church of Christ. This is the church of my youth. I got baptized here in this little church. I preached my very first sermon in this building. I sang my very first special here. I had my first communion here. Don't tell anybody, I also had my first kiss here. The first time I had to stand on the stage of this church, it was for a Sunday school graduation day, and I had to walk from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage where my new Sunday school teacher was waiting. Oh, I was nervous. I stumbled a little bit as I walked across. People snickered. I was so embarrassed that I cowered in and behind this big wooden pulpit. And my mom had to come up on the stage and drag me out. Sometimes people still have to drag me off the stage sometimes. I can so relate to the verse from this same chapter that we read earlier. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2. This is Paul and this is me in a way. 
So it was with you, brothers and sisters, Paul said, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you, oh, I so could relate to this. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise, persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Friend, our future is not going to be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. Where did I learn that? I learned it right here. So many good memories here. Little did I know that God would use these small and sometimes painful beginnings in this sacred space to birth a dream, a calling in me, mysteriously bigger than anything I could have ever imagined. He'll do that for you too, you know. Many of you are going through small and painful things right now. Many of you were just a 12 or 13 like I was in your church of origin, and you don't know what God's going to do. But remember this earlier verse from chapter 2. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, the mind cannot conceive all the things God has prepared for those who love him. This is also why the Bible tells us don't despise the day of small and humble beginnings because it is from them, it is through them that God mysteriously works to turn things right side up in an upside down world. All oh, big doors swing on small hinges. That's what God did with Jesus. That's the mystery. Speaking of mystery, that's the mystery of the gospel of Jesus. The one person who was perfectly right experienced everything wrong for us. Friend, you don't have to earn his love. It's a free gift he offers in spite of everything you've done. It's not transactional. It's relational. It seems mysterious, especially if you grew up on the west side. But it's not mysterious. It's marvelous. There is a joy, there's a peace with the mystery of God that you can rely on and relax in. God is in control. So lean into your faith, not your fear, and your life will be better. At the end of Stranger Things, talking about Upside Down in season one, there was a girl named Eleven or L who emerges as a leader of this group of students and adults who's trying to fight against the Demogorgon. The, that's the evil they're fighting against. Elle has supernatural powers that she uses to help her friends. And in the final episode of the season one, Elle actually sacrifices herself to save not only her friends, but the entire town. A town filled with people that she didn't know, people that didn't understand her, a town with people that treated her poorly, made fun of her, ridiculed her, a town that she wasn't from. Yet she sacrificed herself for her friends and this town because she loved them. Now, I know this is just a series on Netflix, but doesn't that sound an awful lot like someone else we read about in this book called the Bible? Someone with powers that seem supernatural. Someone who sacrificed himself for his friends and people that didn't know him. A people that didn't understand him. That treated him horribly. That mocked him. That ridiculed him. A God-man that sacrificed himself for a people from a town he ultimately wasn't even from, all because he loved them. Friend, that man is Jesus, that town is Cincinnati, and that person is you. At this tiny Kentucky church, 
I decided to start a relationship with Jesus and go all in making Jesus the Lord of my life. And I would invite you to do the same today. It was great to come back to this sacred space, but I'm more excited about the space that you will occupy and God will occupy with you in the future. Friend, the message of Jesus is the message of wisdom among the mature, not the wisdom of this age. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Remember, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. Friend, I encourage you today to embrace the mystery and not your misery right now. Enjoy the mystery in the misery and you'll make it in this upside down world. I love you. See you next week.